Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans, and welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Buffalo Bills podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, and I, am, of course, am the host of this fine podcast alongside my colleague and co-host, Jamie D'Amico. Uh, Jamie, good afternoon, sir. Hey there, buddy. You know, it's... Uh, I want to give our listeners a little bit of insight into what Jamie and I have been kind of going back and forth with uh, with our podcast. We, of course, are so pleased that you took the time to find us, uh, whether however you came to us through the Buffalo Rumblings uh, podcast uh, family. We are very happy that you did find your way to the Bill Eve podcast. We are going to try to take your minds off of the collective epidemic uh, that is going on around us right now. It's it's a really hard thing to do, but there's, of course, a lot of fear and anxiety over the coronavirus. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of preaching social distancing, which I guess makes for you know good podcasting content because people, if they're in their houses, they're going to need something to do. And uh, hopefully you can fill some of that void in your day by, by checking out our podcast. But I do want to say I hope that all of Bill's Mafia and Buffalo Bill's fans across the world are staying safe during this crazy, crazy time out there, you know, don't be stupid. Um, if, if, if your local government or your county officials tell you to stay inside and stay indoors, you know, please be mindful of that. This isn't about you proving that you're healthy and can go out there and brave the crowds. This is more for the vulnerable members of our society who you might be putting at risk with your selfish actions. So there's my PSA, Jamie, stay indoors, uh, stay with your loved ones and quarantine yourself, and hopefully this too will pass. And drink a lot of water, because that's just never a bad idea. <laughs> Dude, no way. Water is awesome. Like I, I, I never get why, not to go on a little little tangent, but I never get why people are averse to drinking water. Like It tastes good. It's refreshing. It makes your body feel close to a peak performance. So yeah, drink your water, wash your hands. The fact, though, that people, we've seen all these graphics about how to properly wash your hands really makes me worried for us as a society as to how many people were pro- improperly washing their hands you know, before the coronavirus. Let's hope that the one silver lining that comes out of this is that people will wash their hands more regularly and do it the right way. Now, I've been enjoying seeing the signs that have song lyrics on them <laughs> as you wash your hands. Do you have any song that you're singing to yourself while you're while you're washing your hands to make sure you do it for the proper length of time? You know, Jamie, I don't. Um, I, you know, I, I will say I've seen a lot of fun, um, you know, comments out there where it's like people have been taking, you know, REM's end of it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. You know, making it up with different, you know, March Madness being canceled, Tom Hanks has the virus. You know, all these different little lyrics out there, but. I haven't actually heard, um, I've been singing any songs to ensure the 
20 second, you know, minimum time. What, what's, what's your kind of go-to tune for this? It's been Raspberry Beret by Prince. <laughs> <laughs> it was the very first one that I saw in one of those graphics and it just stuck. <laughs> I like it. Hey, you know, listen, whatever it takes to keep our fans safe out there again, please, you know, take those proper precautions because I, this is not a me. I'm not, soapbox. One more second. This is not an overplayed media hoax. This is not something meant to steer an election one candidate's way or the other. This is a serious, serious epidemic. There are schools that are closing down. There are. I mean, we've canceled all of the major sports, which tells you this is not about anything except for public safety and well-being. So take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones, and hopefully, we can fill that void. Uh, for you with some creative Buffalo Bills talk here on on Bill Leave. And, uh, and Jamie, before we came on the air, there was some breaking news I want to get to. Um, it's it's fascinating that, you know, there's this corona pande- pandemic that's taking place and people are shutting down. And the NFL has really been the one league that um, they're not technically having games anytime soon, but the draft is next month. Free agency is set to start uh, this week. And in the midst of all of this, the NFL approved, the Players Association approved the new collective bargaining agreement, paving the way for a 17-game season and an extra playoff team uh, in each conference. We are going to do a deeper dive on this uh, in a, a future podcast coming up soon. But real quick, what I want to mention, Jamie, for the sake of our talk today, um, this vote was extremely close, uh, passing by only 60 uh, total votes, uh, which if you think about all of the players out there for there to be a margin of 60, which is basically one active roster. Um, that's, that's insane how, how close this decision was, but for, for the sake of our, you know, conversation today, we're talking about free agency and a free agent wish list. And the, uh, with the CBA getting passed, there is now announcements of the league salary cap number for 2020. And that figure is 198.2 million dollars which puts the buffalo bills at between 77 and 78 million to spend on their free agents when the new year opens so it's good jamie to know finally what this number is going to be because we've been talking about it this offseason where it ranged anywhere from 90 million to 83 million we now know there will be between 77 and 78 million for the bills to play with this free agent period this is also excellent for the agents that are out there because you know Players were not signing extensions and contracts right now because the agents didn't know what the CBA was going to look like. Now they are armed and they can get their clients, the players, the the best deals that they can. Uh, Luckily, I think we're going to start seeing things moving forward. And negotiations, they don't have to happen in person. They can happen over the telephone, via text and email. And I I think you're going to start seeing some players signing coming up soon. And hopefully that means some free agents-to-be are going to be coming back to the Buffalo Bills. Well, and the Bills, Jamie, have started some of their own signings uh, during the free agent period. The Bills made a splash by bringing back Josh Norman, uh, bringing in Josh Norman, rather, the cornerback who had formerly been with both Carolina and Washington. Uh, As has been reported, it's a one-year deal with a base of $6 million dollars and a max of $8 million. The Bills are only on the hook for about $3 million if they cut Norman before the season begins, but that's not going to happen, in my opinion, because the Bills are bringing him in to start uh, and compete for the CB2 role outside of uh, Trey White on the other side of the field. 
I know, Jamie, this move caught a lot of flack on social media, and Josh Norman has underperformed big time uh, since coming to Washington from Carolina. But to me, I, I, I like the move. You know, I feel like, you know, you get somebody who is familiar with McDermott and familiar with his defensive philosophy. And I think Josh Norman has a lot to prove out there. I know the phrase has been overplayed, but I really find this to be a low-risk, high-reward kind of signing for a team that desperately needs consistency on the outside cornerback role. I understand people pushing back against this. I live in uh, Washington, D.C., so I've gotten to see a number of his games uh, with with the Skins. And he's been terrible. Honestly, he's been benched the last two seasons um, taken out of the starting lineup and you see a player who struggles with speed. He doesn't change direction. Well, he seems very stiff in the hips, but at the same time, Sean McDermott knows defensive backs. He knows how to coach them and he's familiar with this guy. So I think if the McBean administration is bringing in Josh Norman, they feel good about what they've seen on tape and they know what kind of person he is and they think that he's going to make a difference. I hope so. He doesn't need to be locked up with the other team's best receiver. We have Trey White for that. Uh, So hopefully he can get the job done and, you know, playing in a predominantly zone system, which he was not doing here in DC is going to play to his advantage. He was definitely miscast in their defensive system here in DC. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Jamie, about the the fit, because I feel like, look, it can't get any worse than it was in DC. And he was not properly aligned in the coverage because he's not meant to be, you know, a man to man cover guy. That's just not where he is as a 32 year old. That's not where he's strong enough uh, to be competing and contributing. Uh, and in that man coverage where, again, he was miscast, you know, his numbers were pretty abysmal. He gave up 27 of the 40 passes thrown his way. Um, he was targeted 42 times with two penalties thrown in there. He did have six pass breakups and an interception, but he allowed 11.4 yards per attempt, which is not a good figure. And he gave up six touchdowns on those 27 passes. And again, man coverage is not his strength. It's not where he will be expected to uh, you know, be contributing in Buffalo. He didn't really have a lot of zone opportunities. Um, the zone coverage schemes, he gave up six out of 10 pass attempts for 58 total yards against zone defenses. But I feel like if Leslie Frazier takes Josh Norman and puts him where he's supposed to be, you know, playing off of the line of scrimmage, uh, being able to see the entire field and relying on his instincts versus the speed that has dropped a little bit uh, as he's gotten older in age, you know, I feel like Josh Norman can be a good cover corner. I feel like he can break up really passes really well. He's got long arms. He's got good instincts out there. And I think he will come up with more interceptions than the one that he had last year. So to me, Jamie, I feel like this kid, you're right. The bills did their homework on Norman. They kicked the tires on him and I trust Bean and uh, McDermott for bringing him in for one year. Yeah, he's got good hands too, and that's something that the Bills cornerbacks don't traditionally have is the ability to to land that interception. They get the pass breakups, but they don't haul the ball in, and I, I think you're going to see more of that from Josh Norman. So I, I think it's a good signing too. Good, good. I'm glad we're in agreement that we have some good news to talk about. With regards to the safety, the cornerback position and the secondary, there's also good news on the offensive line. The Bills are bringing back both Spencer Long and Quinton Spain. I've been waving the Spain flag, you know, for a while now, saying I feel like he is a, a must sign 
free agent. And uh, I'm stunned, Jamie. The numbers that he uh, got out of his contract, only three years and $15 million, uh, which puts him, I believe, at 31st out of 32nd for rankings for starting left guards out there in the uh, National Football League. So on, on the average salary per year coming in around $5 million. So to me, man, this is a slam dunk no-brainer, and I'm glad that the the Bills brass made this happen You know, pretty painlessly. The price is right because I think that the Bills offensive line needed to improve between last year and this upcoming season. And I thought he was a weak link, honestly. I didn't like what he did against the run. I just was not a big fan of his. So I'm a little... I, I'm a little surprised that they brought him back, and it also makes me wonder which direction they're going when it comes to Cody Ford on the other side. I feel like the Bills needed some new bodies to improve upon, uh, especially in the uh, interior run blocking. We'll see how this works out. I, I understand that they want continuity and that could be a very good thing. And I hope that Quentin Spain proves me wrong. I know you were high on him this past year. I had a different opinion. Uh, that's quite all right. We still love each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are allowed to agree to disagree as the, uh, as the saying goes out there. And of course the bills also, again, like I said, did, did restructure a couple other contracts, including Spencer Long and Tyler Croft. Uh, tight end Jason Kroom is back as well, as is Levi Wallace as exclusive rights free agent. So the Bills are starting to take care of some of their own pending free agents. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I want to segue now, Jamie, to the free agent discussion and the wish list uh, for Buffalo moving forward in 2020. One area that it looks like Buffalo is not going to be able to bring back one of their own talents is Shaq Lawson. Uh, the news apparently coming out on Sunday in conversations with both Patrick Moran and Sal Capaccio that Lawson is planning on testing the free agent waters, meaning that the former first round pick uh, out of Clemson is no longer going to be keeping his talents in Western New York. So that Jamie creates a big void on an area that already has had a lot of need for the Buffalo bills in the edge rushers and the defensive ends. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that when it comes to you and the positions and players, you want to see the bills go after in free agency. That defensive end is right up there at the top of the priority list. You are correct. My friend right up at the top. And I, I like Shaq Lawson. I think that he did a great job turning things around this past year. I absolutely understand him wanting to test the free agent waters. You know, this is going to be really his one opportunity to to really amass some wealth. And you can't begrudge a person for wanting to take a look at what's out there. At the same time, um, we kind of went over this before. I wasn't 
overly thrilled with the performance of our defensive ends this past season. I thought that there was a, a lack of pass rush ability in there. So I have a player who I've zeroed in on that I think will make this a tremendous offseason for the Bills if they sign this person. That would be defensive end Robert Quinn of the Dallas Cowboys this past year by way of the Miami Dolphins. And he played for uh, the Rams to start his career. So how do you feel Robert Quinn would look in a Bills uniform? Well, Jamie, I'm really hoping uh, that we're not going to have, and and I want to give our listeners some fair insight. We did not compare notes. We are not talking. We did not share a list ahead of time of which four free agents are our must-haves um, for, for the Buffalo Bills brass coming up this offseason. But Robert Quinn is actually one of my four as well out here that um, I have where I really want the Bills to sign him. I know that um, this my position comes with the enhanced news again of Shaq Lawson not coming back to Buffalo. I kind of rearranged things before we came in to record, but I think Quinn is exactly what Buffalo needs to replace Shaq Lawson. Even though he's turning 30 coming up in May, uh, his explosiveness and his speed really would be a valuable weapon for Leslie Frazier in the defense. I feel like if you give him and Jerry Hughes as a one-two punch uh, for Buffalo's defensive ends, I feel like that's going to take them uh, a step forward in 2020 and getting more aggressive after the quarterback. Now, Hughes is not nearly as good as Demarcus Lawrence, but I think Jerry could be reinvigorated by having a talent like Quinn you know, brought in, especially somebody who is craving that postseason success and really wants to you know, help get a team back to the Super Bowl. I feel like Quinn is a great guy who he, he makes left tackles, you know, contort themselves into uncomfortable positions with his explosiveness and his athleticism, especially when he comes in from a wide approach. So to me, Jamie, this is a home run fit to bring in Robert Quinn and clearly um, his ability with inside stunts, his ability with his wide rushes, his ability to contain the run. There's not much that Quinn doesn't do well. So I can see why you're, he's one of your one of your crushes. I'm sure I missed one or two pros for Quinn as well. Tell me what else you like about the veteran coming to Buffalo. I like his prototypical size for defensive end in this system. He uh, comes in at 6'4", 260 pounds. He is not only fast, but aggressive is all get out. Um, this past season, he had 11 and a half sacks, which is far more than any Buffalo Bill defensive end. And back in 2013, he had 19 on the season. This is a guy who can get after the quarterback. And that is something that for large stretches of the season, you saw the Bills not get much of a pass rush, uh, especially off the edge. This is exactly the kind of guy that they need in this. To me, if they landed Robert Quinn, I don't care what else they do with free agency. Now, he played for about $10.5 million this past year. Track is predicting that he'll get about $12 million this year. That, to me, is the type of contract that they can actually afford. This isn't pushing them into the high teens or around $20 million that some of the, the real marquee free agents would. This is a guy that they can afford and that they can also probably sign to a bit of a shorter contract, three, maybe four years, and let him play it out. And will also give the Bills the opportunity to develop another defensive lineman. I would love it if they got this guy. Yeah, he. I agree, Jamie. He's a, he's a must-have, and he would. like. There's other areas I want the Bills to go after in free agency, but if Quinn comes in, He's going to come at a far less price tag 
uh, than you know a Jadavian Clowney or a Yannick Ngakwe or even a Jason Pierre-Paul. I feel like he probably might command a little bit more on the open market um, than Quinn would, but I feel like he is just a stud. So Brandon Bean, I know you listen to the podcast. Go out there and sign this guy and uh, and make it happen. So there's our number one must-have uh, for free agency. Jamie, I'm going to take you off the hot seat, and I'll go number two with mine so you can kind of get a chance to uh, to regroup with your mentality. And, and my must-have number two free agent might come as a bit of a surprise to you, but it's going to be Jordan Howard, formerly of the Chicago Bears and the Philadelphia Eagles. I feel like ah, – oh, did I nail one of yours too? You did. I had him on my list also. Man, and I'm telling you, we did not talk at all about this before recording the pod, but – um, listen, I, I have a crush on Jordan Howard and his football abilities. I feel like you put him and Devin motor Singletary in the same backfield. Oh my God. I get so excited just thinking about this Bill's offense out there. Like, <laughs> holy shit, what they could do with those two in tandem. Like I, I liked the Frank Gore Devin Singletary idea in theory because you get the venerable veteran and you pose him with the impressionable youngster and see where they move uh, forward as a team. Jordan Howard has so much left in the tank. Uh, you know, I feel like what he did having to be a three-way split with the Eagles last year along with Miles Sanders really wasn't fair to what Howard can, can bring to the table. Um, I don't feel like this is going to be a high-cost move uh, for the Bills to bring him in. Uh, you know, even though Howard is more of a two down back, um, he's he's not quite as proficient on third down as your other backs might be. Devin Singletary is great on third down. So that doesn't concern me at all uh, with bringing in Howard. He gets those tough yards. He's hard and aggressive with his running between the tackles. He's a great compliment to Devin Singletary. I feel like he would be a must have for me. And again, you can tell by my the tone in my voice when I mentioned it, Jamie, I get really stoked thinking about having him in the backfield for the Buffalo Bills. Now, he came into the league in 2016 and with with the Chicago Bears, and he proceeded to run for uh, 1,300 yards and averaged over five yards per carry. Now, his average per carry had been dropping each year with the Bears to the point where before this past season, they sent him over to the Eagles, where he was part of a running back crew that, that was fairly successful especially good against the Buffalo Bills. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Eagles have the best offensive line in the NFL. However, he went from uh, averaging 3.7 yards per carry with the Bears to 4.4 yards per carry with the Eagles this past year. He is a big guy at 225 pounds, six feet tall. He runs hard between the tackles and his... the strength that he shows when it comes to bouncing off tackles and you know breaking arm tackles, he's exactly what I would like as a compliment for uh, Singletary. I, I think that this would be a good young tandem, and I think, like, like we said, he's got a lot left in the tank because he's only 25 years old. So he's a young guy but still has experience. And, Jamie, remember last year when the Bills had all those struggles getting – third and one conversions, fourth and one conversions, Jordan Howard would have no problem, in my opinion, picking up the uh, the yard necessary to convert those uh, third and fourth downs, especially knowing that the Bills will have another year with their solid offensive line. I just feel like 
I've heard the word battering ram used to describe Jordan Howard. I, I just, I love it. Go out there, make it happen. He is my uh, number two. And then it seems like uh, he is on your list as well as one of your top four free agents that you're coveting. So who else is on your list, Jamie, that you want to unveil for us? Staying on the same side of the ball. And mind you, uh, for the listeners, what I did is I took into account the the salaries that these players would command. And I'm trying to find some value in these. I'm not just throwing out the the top players across the board and saying, well, yeah, that's the one I want to get because you know that's too easy and it's not realistic with the salary cap situation. So for the next player I really want, staying on the same side of the ball, I'm moving over to wide receiver. I feel like that's a position where the Bills were sorely lacking depth. You can't have Isaiah McKenzie as your your starter, as your number three receiver. That's just, you're not going to get enough production there. So a player where I think the Bills can find some excellent value is a player that Bean and McDermott are going to be familiar with. I really want to see the Bills sign the six foot four, two hundred thirty-six pound Devin Funches, who's coming off of a abbreviated series season with the Colts. What do you like about Funches? Because he's someone I debated um, putting out there. I just I don't know. To me, one of the reasons that Funches didn't make the list uh, for my positional. Uh, assessment here is that I just don't know if Funches is ever going to actually achieve the potential that we view him to have being that, you know, six, four, 225 pound. And everybody loves to use the word ideal red zone target. Um, he's got the good catch radius, but to me, I, I like Funches in theory. I just didn't put him on, on my list because I don't think he is someone who is going to, uh, you know, be that tall number one receiver that the bills so desperately need to go alongside John Brown, but not to steal your thunder. What do you talk me off? Talk me off the ledge. What do you like about Funches? Okay. I am not viewing him as a number one receiver. I'm viewing him as a number three receiver to take the place of an Isaiah McKenzie, a guy who brings something very different to the table for the bills. They don't have a tall receiver. They don't have somebody with that big catch radius. Now, Funches doesn't have tremendous operable speed downfield, but what he does have is strong hands and the ability to high point the ball, bring in the uh, the high passes, and that's something that the team is desperately missing right now with the receivers. He really, for all intents and purposes, is a small tight end, and I don't expect my tight ends to necessarily rule the field. This is a guy that the Bills need for depth and can probably get it on a get him on a prove it deal because he only had three receptions this past year because right away he ended up injured. So this is a value signing to me and a guy who can be the number three or even number four receiver if the Bills bring in somebody in the draft that they're excited about. And this is going to overall improve the depth in the receiver room, not to be a number one, a depth player. Okay. That's a good clarification out there because no, I, I, it's so easy to fall into again, the parallels of Funches and Kelvin Benjamin as, you know, I, I think Funches is a better receiver than Benjamin, but the parallels are pretty, you know, striking from the get go. And then of course he had the, a uh, fractured clavicle issue that ended his season very early in week one last year. I like Funches. If the Bills bring him in on a one or a two-year deal, which I don't know how much, I don't know if you can give Funches a three or a four-year deal and feel confident that he's going to fulfill all of those years just based on some of the injuries 
that he has had, but he does have good separation that makes up for the lack of speed. He does have, again, that great catch radius and leaping ability. So I can see Funches being one of the guys um, that you have a, a crutch on. And, you know, he definitely wouldn't break the bank account. Um, that's for sure. For me, Jamie, my third pick I'm going with is going to go on the defensive side of things. And it's Christian Kirksey, the linebacker from the Cleveland Browns, who is released. He's a free agent, much like Josh Norman. The Bills can go out there and sign him at any time before free agency begins. Um, he had a very productive, from all reports on social media, uh, set of meetings with the Buffalo Bills last week. And I just feel like what he brings to the table, his quickness, again, his athleticism, and his ability to be a leader that Buffalo needs. I feel like he's a great replacement for Lorenzo Alexander, the Swiss Army Knife of the Buffalo Bills who retired following the 2019 season. I feel like uh, he would fit in, Kirksey would fit in so well with what McDermott and Frazier are trying to do you know, with the defense. The caveat is Kirksey's going to have to take on the fact that he's not going to be um, 100% uh, starter, you know, where you've got Milano and Tremaine Edmonds who are ahead of him, and Kirksey could be a valuable, you know, rotational member who could be plug and played in different scenarios out there um, and could really, again, use his solid instincts to break up uh, screen passes, which were an area of weakness you know, for this Bills team last year. So I think that Christian Kirksey for me is my number three uh, must-have free agent. What do you think about the former Cleveland Brown? I love him as a player. I don't think there's a position for him on this defense because the the position that Lorenzo Alexander leaves open is the on-the-ball stack linebacker. Kirksey's an off-the-ball linebacker who plays the same position as Matt Milano, who the Bills are certainly not going to move out of that position. I, I think he's a great player. I love his instincts. I love the speed that he plays with. I just don't think that he's the right player for this defense. I, I would love it if he were there, and I would love to see the kinds of things that they would draw up with him, but I don't see him as a guy who would excel playing up at the line of scrimmage, which is the position that the Bills have available right now. Well, and I, I do appreciate you bringing that up, Jamie. I mentioned Kirksey knowing, for again, that he – he wouldn't be someone again. You would start in as you know the the third starting linebacker. He's someone who would more be you know your 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 situational positions again against your screen passes and maybe be a fifty to sixty percent of the snap appearances. But I feel like he does have that potential, um, and he's been pretty successful in his pass rushing abilities, you know, as well to be a very valued contributor to an area the linebackers that need a lot of of help because really you know. It's, it's, it's Milano and it's Edmonds, and then there's a lot of great unknowns as far as what the Bills have beyond that linebacking core. I guess right. um, I, I could also be happy plugging in. Oh, I hated him when he was with them, but Kyle Van Noy would be a really nice uh, compliment as well to be a, uh, a third uh, linebacker out there. Yeah, Van Noy is uh, – yeah, he, he's a patriot. but he is the kind of player that would be helpful for for the bills uh you know he's he's a guy that can get after the quarterback and also play close to the line of scrimmage um i love jamie collins with with the patriots also but you know the bills aren't going to sign him he's going to be way too expensive and i feel like van noy will probably get more money than he deserves because he's been put in a position to succeed over the past you know four seasons he's been in the league because he's got you know, the uh, the Jedi master over there of defenses, Bill 
I almost called him Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick. Um, but I, I'm with you. I would like to see more depth at linebacker because there is a lot of unknowns uh, outside of Julian Sanford, who seemed like he was a decent player two years ago, didn't get on the field too much this past season. But if uh, if the starters go down, I I think the Bills could be in trouble. So it would be really nice to have a an experienced, good player as depth. And, you know, if it's not someone like a Kirksey or – and Van Noy is probably going to get – you know, nine or $10 million uh, per year on a deal. There's also Kamalai Correa from the Tennessee Titans, Kyler Fackerel from the Green Bay Packers, um, even Atlanta's Devondre Campbell. There's some pretty good guys who I think would fit in, you know, pretty nicely. Fackerel's coming off a little bit of an injury plagued uh, season in 2019, uh, but he did have 10 and a half sacks in 2018 while appearing in more than 60% of the snaps you know, for the Packers out there. So I feel like he could be a good addition as well. But we will go through more of the positional, you know, needs, but we've kind of given three of our four here, Jamie. So I'm going to tee you up to drop on us. Who is your fourth must-have free agent? Okay, so I'm going, I'm flipping to the other side of the ball once again, and I'm looking at a depth signing here. A guy who's very versatile, and we know that this team loves versatile players. I want, I mean, if I could have any offensive lineman in the world right now that's a free agent, it would be Brian Balaga. I just don't see that being realistic. I think uh, a guy who's going to cost you $15 million a season, that's just, they, they can't do that. The, the economics of it just wouldn't allow them to sign him and match him up with the giant salary that Mitch Morris is getting and the new the new sign or new contract that Quentin Spain has gotten. But there is a guy who has been a backup in Baltimore. I'm sorry, I said Baltimore. I meant Indianapolis. He plays both guard and tackle, 6'6", 304. The guy's name is Joe Haig. He has started 35 games at three different positions for the Colts. And that's exactly the kind of player I think that the Bills could use to back up at both guard positions and possibly earn his way into the starting lineup at tackle should the Bills move Cody Ford. If they don't, he could give uh, he could j- give John Feliciano a run for his money at the guard position. This is the kind of guy I want in there to create competition and maybe push Spencer Long out of a job along the way. That's a great Great name there, Jamie, to bring up because I feel like you can never have enough uh, versatile offensive linemen. We know that Sean McDermott wants to find guys who can play multiple positions. I feel like Haig's consistency um, makes him a a coveted guy to bring after. He really wasn't a starter uh, through much of last year. I believe he only had – in 2018, he had five starts at three different positions. So he clearly is smart enough – you know, to pick up all the different positions for where the Buffalo Bills would ask him to play. I could see him being a a great uh, bargain signing for this team. I'm with you too on Balaga. I thought about going with him as one of my guys because I just love, I loved him the first time around when Buffalo tried to get him for free agency in 2015 and they were not able to because of, you know, whatever the rationale and the reasons where the Bills passed on, on, on Balaga and he ended up going to Green Bay and having an outstanding a run with the Packers, but I thought about putting Balaga on there as well. I'm just not necessarily sure uh, he's somebody who you know would um, would be worth the price uh, for what Buffalo would need to uh, to pay. And the Bills are, you know, I, I want to believe in the Cody Ford experiment, 
you know, we'll see how that all plays out as time moves on. But so Joe Haig is your fourth guy, right? That's it. And is he someone who you feel like, uh, you know, did he rank fourth on your list because he's maybe not as talented as the other three and he's more of a, again, a depth piece and a swing man? Uh, that's exactly it. He's He was number four because he may not end up being a starter, but he could end up being a quality backup and he could end up being a fringe starter. He could be the kind of guy who, I, as I said, pushes Feliciano for the starting guard position or finding himself starting at right tackle if they want to keep Inseki as the backup swing tackle. Uh, so there's no guarantee that he would end up starting, but you know I'm all about upgrading, even if it's a depth piece, and he would bring exactly that depth. I like it. I like it. Well, do you want to take a stab at what side of the ball my fourth uh, my fourth guy is? I'm going to guess you're gonna. Oh, I, I think you're gonna go back on defense, and I think you're going with corner. Ooh, ooh, that's intriguing. You're you're right. I am going defense. I will tell our fans. I thought really long and really hard about the receiver position and adding another receiver. I feel like the Bills are going to go with the draft, though, for this route. But if it comes to the receivers that are out there, my guy I would go after is Rashad Perriman uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know he's been erratic. He's been up and down in his career so far. He hadn't really lived up to the big play potential that he was drafted for. But last year, you know, I think he really exploded having that great chemistry with Jameis Winston, you know, he's 6'2", so he would give the Bills a bit of a size advantage at the wide receiver position, and I easily could have gone with Brashad Perriman for that position. However, when it comes to it, I really feel like, and this might be off the radar a little bit, Jamie, but my fourth one is kind of like your Joe Haig signing. I would love it if the Bills could find a way to bring in Snacks Harrison out of the Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah. Did I did I get you by surprise there a little bit? You you did get me by surprise, but it makes sense. Well, I just here's what I like about him. Not only is he a large man who is able to constantly deal with the double team, um, and he's been productive every year in the league since coming in eight years ago. I just feel like I like what he brings to the table. Uh, he's a he's a great presence in the run stuffing uh, performance out there. He's an underrated. A guy getting after the quarterback. He's what Buffalo is looking for. I feel like um, if they bring in a Robert Quinn, Damon Harrison is a perfect compliment because you're not expecting the defensive tackle to go out there and get you seven or eight quarterback sacks. Rather, he would help spell Ed Oliver um, as a three technique on the defensive line. Um, he would be able to really go in and uh, and maybe the Bills could take him and convert him to a position on the defensive line that might be different than what he's used to, but where he could excel. And I, I say that based off of DJ Reader and their interest in the former Texan. And I think Harrison is just as co- capable as Reader is at a much lower price tag um, than what Reader is going to command. And I feel like you know, Harrison's great against the run. He's durable. So for me, he's my fourth, you know, must have free agent. Again, a little bit off the beaten path because I, I realized if I gave you four of the best free agents, all of Bean's money is going to be gone with those signings. So I kind of wanted to be a little bit more realistic with mine as well. So he is my fourth one. And I feel like if the Bills get him, he is automatic upgrade to the defensive line uh, because he would give the Bills a more depth and an area where they really could use, you know, some more depth out there. I mean, this, I was going through the, you know, Matt Warren put together a really nice uh, pre-free agency depth chart on buffalorumblings.com. And the defensive tackles that are currently 
on the roster, it's Star Latoule, it's Ed Oliver, it's Harrison Phillips, and it's a guy named Vincent Taylor. So really, there's a lot of room here for the Bills to bring in somebody who can contribute in multiple ways. And to me, I think Harrison is the guy. And plus, it would really be cool to uh, have a guy whose nickname is Snacks on the roster to, to bring in for Buffalo as well. I really like what you're doing there with the position because the Bills definitely have a hole on the roster at the uh, defensive tackle three technique. Uh, yeah, behind Ed Oliver, they don't have much. Vincent Taylor got into some games, didn't do much of anything. So he's not somebody who you can really rely on to be a playmaker. And I, yeah, I like what you did there. I think that Snacks Harrison could be one of those guys where after the the dust settles and the draft happens, still doesn't have a contract. You could probably get him for a really good price, and he could be he could be a, a difference maker out there. I I really like what you did there. Well, thanks, Jamie. I think that yeah, I tried to really give some thought to to my different guys out there, and I'm glad that we had a fun little conversation here on Believe. Uh, just to recap again, I will give you my four, and Jamie and I thought very similarly on a lot of our picks, but we also had some difference. Uh, when it came down the uh, the road as well with our positions. We both agreed on Robert Quinn and uh, Jordan Howard as being really solid you know, free agent signings that the Bills should be doing to address some of the needs that this team has on their roster. Um, one area where Jamie differed from myself, he went with Joe Haig out of the Indianapolis Colts, the versatile swing man on the offensive line who can play both tackle and the guard position, while well, I went with Damon Harrison, Mr. Snacks, again, out of the Detroit Lions system, is somebody who I really feel could step in and, uh, and contribute you know, to this team in an area where there's a lot of uncertainty um, as beyond the Harrison Phillips and Star Latoule uh, side of the roster with the defensive tackles. Uh, you know, There's really an area for someone to come in and, of course, contribute along with Ed Oliver to that rotation. And then I went with Christian Kirksey from the Cleveland Browns as a linebacker. I know he's not an ideal fit, but I think he'd be a versatile piece to bring to the defense. And Jamie, your fourth guy was receiver Devin Funches, correct? That's correct. Well, look at that. There's our breakdown. Who knows what's going to happen when free agency is actually going to start, but uh, you can find out all about any pushbacks on the league's calendar by going to buffalorumblings.com. Uh, Jamie, always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for sharing your insights today. It was a good time, and uh, thanks for the reminder to wash hands. Yes, please. Stay safe out there, Bills Mafia. And hey, who knows? If it comes out that the free agency period gets pushed back, I think maybe next week we'll do a Believe podcast on some more of the bargain bin free agents that Buffalo could go shopping at to try to not break the bank when it comes to their acquisitions this offseason. But for my colleague, Jamie D'Amico, I am John Boccasino signing off on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.